0: And welcome to the Health Hacks podcast, the podcast for high-performing, professional females looking for practical ways to optimise all areas of their health and wellness. At Health Hacks, we understand that as a busy female, you wear numerous hats throughout your working week. You're trying to juggle it all, while also looking to carve out time to prioritise your own goals. It's challenging. It's therefore our mission to channel your energy into the areas that are going to help give you the biggest bang for your buck, to really make significant changes to your lifestyle in the most efficient way possible. So at the moment, if you feel as though you need more energy, you want to feel more productive to improve the quality of your sleep, to lower stress, to increase confidence, to show up better in both your personal and your professional relationships, this podcast is for you. If it's time you prioritised your health, learned to fuel your body, found time for exercise and said goodbye to fad diets and inconsistent behaviours for good, this podcast is for you. If it's time for you to step into the shoes of the high performer you know you can be, this is the right podcast for you. Join me and my guests as we take you through the Health Hacks podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Health Hacks podcast. So pleased to have you. It's just me this week and I'm going to be talking about how to accelerate your fat loss phase. So if at the moment you are someone who has a weight loss goal, maybe managing your weights into the festive period. Yep, I did just say that. If you are looking for a bit of focus before the Christmas holidays, Thanksgiving, if I'm speaking to you across the pond, this is the episode for you. If you are going to go into a fat loss phase, we want to be as efficient as we possibly can. We want to get you to where you want to go as quickly as possible. And I'm talking to you specifically if you are in a fat loss phase at the moment, but perhaps progress has stalled a little bit, perhaps it's plateaued perhaps you were getting fantastic fantastic results week on week on week and you want to get back into that really consistent and brilliant drop every single week if that sounds like you if you want to know how to rocket fuel your fat loss over the next couple of weeks i'm going to be covering that today and how we can really maximize your dieting phase As ever, if you love what we do on the podcast and you have just two minutes of your day, it would mean the absolute world if you could do one of two things. Firstly, either subscribe or follow us on your chosen podcast platform. You're probably listening to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do follow us, we will automatically pop into your podcast inbox every single week. You don't need to search for health hacks every single Tuesday. We will arrive in your inbox and you can catch up on the latest episode. Or if you could share the podcast with someone in your inner circle, it would mean the world. Perhaps you've had a conversation with someone recently. Maybe they are looking to make healthy changes to their lifestyle. Maybe they've complained that their sleep is way off. Maybe they have a weight loss goal. If you think that they would find the topics that we cover on Health Hacks valuable, do please share it with them. The more ears that we uh, can uh, spread to, the more people that we can help, the absolute better. And it is our mission to spread our message as far and wide as we possibly can. If the work that we do here resonates with you and you love the topics that we cover, if what we do on the podcast has interested you and maybe you've thought once or twice about the prospect of working with us, you can do so at absolutely no cost. Yep, absolutely free for 30 days. The Lifestyle Project trial is currently running and we'd love to welcome you to the team. We're just about to throw ourselves into the last quarter of the year and if you'd like to make changes to your health and well-being before the end of 2023, the Lifestyle Project is here to support you. If you'd like to find out more about The Lifestyle Project, there's a short episode, just a couple of episodes back, that you can listen to dedicated to The Lifestyle Project. And of course, more information is available on our website. The link to the application is in the show notes. And all it will do is ask you a short series of questions about yourself and we'll be in touch to get you going on the day. So if you consider yourself an action taker, the Lifestyle Project is there for you. And like I say, there is currently a trial of the program and all we're asking for after those 30 days is for your very honest feedback. We want this to be the most amazing program we've ever put together. And in order to create that, we do need your feedback. So like I say, for the time being, there is a trial and you can join us absolutely free for 30 days last but not least, this is very exciting, but this podcast now comes to you in partnership with Natural Cycles. If you've been listening to our platform for a while and any of the podcasts dedicated to female health specifically, you'll have heard every single one of our experts discuss the importance of being in tune with your body. And Natural Cycles allows you to do just that empowering you to understand your body in a greater extent, to make informed decisions and take control of your fertility absolutely naturally. Natural Cycles uses your daily basal body temperature and other key data points to pinpoint your fertile and non-fertile days with remarkable accuracy. It's 100% hormone-free, the only FDA-cleared birth control app, and now very excitingly links directly with your Apple devices. So if you have an Apple watch, it will now link seamlessly. I started using Natural Cycles back in January of this year after a decade of oral contraception use and it has given me such an incredible insight into my own body. I use it every single day and I've been so impressed with the ease of use and the accuracy of the algorithm, it now knows me inside and out. Whether you're using Natural Cycles as birth control to plan pregnancy, just to get to know your body or to take note of the changes through perimenopause, it is a wonderful tool. If you'd like 20% off Natural Cycles and a free thermometer, simply use the link in in the show notes to receive just that. I think that's more than enough for me, but if you'd like to join the Lifestyle Project or look into Natural Cycles More, all of the links are in the show notes as ever. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Right, let's jump into today's episode. I'm going to talk about fat loss. So, I'm going to use fat loss as an umbrella term but what do we really mean and in what context are we discussing fat loss today well it really could mean anything so perhaps you're in a position where you are just trying to drop a few pounds because it's going to make your jeans feel a little bit more comfortable perhaps you feel that after a, an indulgent summer you just want to shed a few pounds uh, before before the festive break Maybe you are looking to drop some weight to aid a performance goal. Maybe for you, your weight management is purely health-driven, and that's the the real driver behind uh, dropping some body fat. Or perhaps for you, you have a life-changing amount of weight that you want to lose, and you really want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to do that as efficiently as possible. I'm really covering all bases today, and I hope there's going to be something in here for everyone, whichever stage of your fat loss journey you may be at. I'm speaking to you specifically if you're someone who has struggled with dieting in the past. So I'll ask the question now, how long have you typically felt in the past that you were able to stick to dieting protocols? Now, you may have tried cleanses, juice cleanses. You may have tried uh, keto. You may have tried carnivore. You may have tried whatever you may have done, fasting any kind of diet you've used before, how long were you typically able to stick at that dieting protocol? And what was the point in which you stopped being able to adhere to that? Was it I mean, two weeks or three? Was it four? Maybe you had a good run for a couple of months. Absolutely incredible if that was you. But there perhaps has become a point in time where you changed a behavior and the trajectory or, or that loss and be stopped completely. And you either stayed and maintained at that weight which is absolutely fantastic or perhaps you found that you put on a couple of pounds after you started uh, reintroducing food groups or going back to behaviors that you perhaps did prior to the diet. We see this a lot and when clients arrive to me they are typically in a position where they're fed up of that roller coaster and I'm sure you know by now by the um, the ethos that we have and the conversations that we have on the Health Hacks podcast We're not here to promote a set diet. I don't, you know, I'm not linked with any dieting products or cultures. We really work on a client-led approach and it's what's going to work for you as the individual. You know, some of our clients drink protein shakes, others don't. Some of our clients fast in the morning, others don't. Some do cardio, fasted cardio, others don't. Some do, you know, it totally depends on you as an individual. But I think the one thing that is important to remember is that fat loss is not for life you no, the the goal is not that you are in a dieting phase forever. Maybe it has felt for you as though you have been dieting your entire life. And that's a phrase I hear a lot when I speak to particularly ladies. Initially, they'll say things like, Caroline, I feel like I've been on a diet since I was since i was 14 years old and the reason they feel that way very often is that it's been a cycle of very intense quote-unquote restriction dieting as we as we probably know it versus periods of of rebounding or resetting or falling off the wagon is another phrase but the focus is really on that dieting phase and that's why it feels so long and drawn out and pretty pretty miserable That really isn't the way that we promote it here. And I'm absolutely for fat loss. I wanna start by saying that as well. I'm for fat loss if it has the right intention behind it. If you really feel that dropping a few pounds will help you feel more confident in the clothes that you wear, maybe standing up and giving a, a presentation or a talk, or you just want to feel more sexy around your partner you want to wear clothes that you haven't for ages you want to wear uh, you know swimwear maybe for you fat loss is more around uh, improving health markers so sleeping well at night knowing that you are doing everything to fight preventable de- disease running around after your children or your grandchildren not aching in the morning when you get up it, if fat loss helps you achieve those goals i back it 100% that it's the it's the driver behind it that is really important we don't, however, want you to be in a fat loss phase forever. Dieting for me should be uh, focused and efficient. We should get you to where you want to go. Pause at that point in time, take stock of where we are, and and be able to either cruise a kind of maintenance from that from that period or continue on in that fat loss phase. I've recorded a podcast before; it's it's a historic one, but it's still relevant here. Uh, fat loss maintenance and muscle gaining phases explained and I think if you were ever anyone who was around gym culture or bodybuilding in any form you might have fallen victim to hearing about cutting and bulking and all these things and that was definitely something that I was around in my in my 20s and it doesn't always have to be that extreme and I think having a good awareness that it doesn't have to be always either losing weight or gaining it there is magical maintenance in the middle is important to stress when it comes to fat loss I do back it if it's for the right reasons it's done efficiently and it's done sensibly and we do want to be efficient about it you know when it comes to fat loss we don't want you dropping so slowly that it is, is demotivating you, know, you don't want to be dropping weight so slowly that you're not seeing anything change it's it's not really having a massive impact on the scale. It's taking a long, long time. Equally, we don't necessarily want you dropping it so quickly that it becomes, you know, it's it's not sensible. It's mirroring crash dieting tendencies. It's likely to harbor a negative relationship with food. It's going to have you in a really negative energy balance so that you feel miserable and your mood is low, your hormones might be affected, your sleep might be, your relationships. Like that's not the route that we have to go down at all. So there is that happy medium. And that will look different different depending on the individual and that's really where from a coaching standpoint we look at the overall because when I'm looking at my clients I'm looking at right how is their nutritional intake balancing with their output how are they sleeping at night what's the particular stressors that they have going on at the moment in their life all of these things play a role so it's really important to consider that from the get-go that there is a happy medium when it comes to weight loss Typically, because I'm always asked this question, how much should I be losing? Really anywhere between 0.5 and one kilogram body weight per week for most people is a good amount of it can be anywhere in between there. And if you are in a larger body, you will drop body fat faster. That just will be the way that it's the smaller and leaner and the less Storage you have, which basically what adipose tissue is, body fat is. The less storage you have to give, the slower the rate of weight loss typically. So, uh, someone in a body of you know fifty kilos is not going to lose the same weight as as someone at the rate of weight loss as someone in a larger body, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, you always have to think about it relatively to the relative to the individual, but aiming for around about zero point five kilograms to one kilogram body weight drop per week is what I work with most of my clients to um, to keep that nice balance it is going to be dependent on you and just a little note here that that is trends over time so that is averages week to week particularly with females we have to take that with a pinch of salt and I absolutely wouldn't expect particularly with female clients to see that that lovely very predictable drop every single week, exactly the same amount textbook drops. Every, it very rarely happens. Um, if it has for you, absolutely fantastic. And I have seen clients who have achieved drops like that, uh, but it wouldn't be typical. We tend to see fluctuations in uh, in females, particularly around menstruation, around hormone profiles, around it could be anything that impacts scale weight, but we tend to um, have a greater, uh, greater degree of fluctuations. So that's something important to bear in mind as well. When it comes to fat loss we love novelty okay the hardest part of a dieting phase is always after the novelty has worn off and I see it all the time when the clients arrive to us you know I'm shiny and new and the platform is shiny and new and the workouts are shiny and new and all of these new things and we're booking in on these calls and having these amazing conversations and that continues of course it does but it's human nature for novelty to wear off right and are the difference with the work that we do is that we very quickly transition to be part of the furniture. And this is why we work with our clients for the length of time that we do is because I very much understand that if you only worked with a coach when you know you were feeling that novelty factor, you'd end up coach jumping every single time. It got a little bit hard. And actually when you need someone, is when you are going into dieting territories that you've not managed to navigate yourself before. I would hazard a guess that most people listening to this have probably stuck to a form of diet for anywhere between four to six weeks, typically. It's after that that the shine starts to come off, right? It's after that that it starts to get harder. It's after that that it starts to get a little bit boring. I'm sure I start to get a little bit boring to my clients. I'm okay, I will take that if it means I can help Guide you through that phase and help you see, you know, travel through it and get out to the to the other side, and enjoy the success that lies on the other side. Someone who has typically achieved long-term success and have managed to navigate that, that um pinch point, whatever that looks like for you, is typically someone who's managed to build more sustainable habits into their routine. So if you have ever started a diet and you've not Managed to stay with it. I would ask if the infrastructure to support those changes was really in place to help you do it. And, you know, before you start a new diet or before you introduce an exercise program, your goal could be anything. It could be walking more or getting more sleep. Show me how that's going to work with your calendar, first and foremost. Show me how it's going to fit in. Only then, and once you've done that, Can you actually sit back and it gives you a chance to see if it will fit in, to adjust your time if you need to. And if you end up creating habits around that time that's carved out and it's protective, for me, that's a huge indicator that you'll actually be able to execute. And that execution leads to momentum. That momentum leads to further execution. And that's when you get on that really positive feedback loop. But in order for that to actually happen, the practical I believe start with the theory. So start with the theory of actually, how am I going to make this work? How much time is this going to take? Where can I carve out that time? Start there because once you know that you've got that protected space, then you can execute. So when it comes to successful dieting phases, those are the two things that I would suggest is actually those that sit back slightly at the start. Don't get swept up in the novelty of of new and fresh and change. Actually sit back and consider it and say, right, where am I and how can I make this work? Get amazing results long-term. So, but what do we do when that progress starts to either slow down or plateau? And we've all been there as well. When we've maybe been dieting for a couple of weeks and we've been seeing that amazing drop, 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 drop. Oh, plateau one week. Okay, not a problem. Right, okay. Scale weight stayed where it is. Next week, it has yes, not moved again. That's so irritating. Oh, third week in. This is really annoying now. Right. What am I gonna do? I've got two choices here. I could have a glass of wine tonight and forget it or I'm going to have to pull my food down, increase my my exercise. I'm not sure what I should do. I think we've all been on those periods where it can get a really, really frustrating middle ground where nothing is moving. And this is really what I want to talk about today, how to tighten things up, how to accelerate that fat loss when we get into those pinch points. So I'm going to go through a few headings or themes today. And the way that I would think about this episode is a bit like a checklist. So if you wanna get the most out of it, I would even take little notes as you go. But I'm gonna go through this like a checklist and rate yourself out of 10. Rate how you show up in, in your given areas. And what that should give you is a checklist of areas that you're performing fairly high in. you might spot a pattern. Others where you're not. And then what you can do is you can step away from this episode and start to work on the lowest scoring areas first bring everything up, bring all those averages up. So go through this as I, as I go through each topic, almost as a checklist and either in your head, think what, right, what would I score myself notes on your phone, scribble it down on a, on a piece of paper next to your desk, wherever you might be listening to me. And, um, and we'll go through our, our checklist. It might be one or two things that jump out to you. It might be a combination, whatever it, wherever it may be, but If you find that fat loss is stalled, the first place that I would be looking at, and Wade Foster talked about this on our podcast about uh, workplace, about leadership health, the gatekeepers, he coined them, which I think was a fantastic phrase, but let's start here. Stress and sleep. It does not matter what you are doing physically in terms of how hard you are pushing yourself physically, it does not matter how low you pull your calories down. If your body is not primed for fat loss in a position to facilitate fat loss physiologically, you will not be able to drop body fat the way that you want to consistently over time, there will be a stall. And that's because your body's sole job is to keep you alive. And if you're so stressed that your cortisol is ramped right up, if you are not sleeping, you're chronically chronically sleep deprived. If those gatekeepers aren't in place, there is only so much that your body will actually allow you to do because it's in that sympathetic state. It is trying to keep you, it's in a fight or flight mode, right? It's trying to keep you alert. It's trying to keep everything pumping. It's, trying, it's not thinking about fat loss. It's trying to keep your brain switched on. It's trying to keep you, you alert. It's trying to keep you focused. It won't be primed for fat loss if sleep or stress are not where they should be. So let's start with stress. Simple question without even measuring anything, how stressed do you feel? Is it chronic stress? So it's almost like a fire burning in the background with logs on it big logs and it's just this constant burning fire roaring you know it's, it's 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 large it's a or is your stress more like a firework it's like a bam it's a what kind of stress do you feel that you're that you're experiencing right now acute fireworks or chronic logs on a fire jumping all over the place which one is it for you pinpoint the stress and rating it as well like how stressed do you feel how much of the time is it dominating your, your work days so that you can't concentrate, you procrastinate a lot, you can't get to sleep at night, it's affecting your relationships, that that's the kind of stress that we would be talking about higher level or is it low level stress actually full of things that you could take a little bit more control over like your alarm going off in the morning or things you're reading on social media or do you get wound up by road rage in the car? all those kind of things they're different stressors and really being aware of where your stress is i like you losing i like you looking at clients hrv as a way of measuring uh stress or heart rate variability if you're wearing any kind of trackable device go and have a look at your hrv the higher your heart rate variability the basically the more primed you are the more uh Restore in a better restorative place your body's going to be in so it's going to be in a better place to facilitate fat loss if your hrv is very very low if it's below the 30s even if it's below the 50s i would be looking at your stress management strategies and look at that hrv over a seven day even longer period if you can so you can note um changes in in stress management if you need to and with sleep, a couple of things that are really, really important about sleep. Three that I really look at. One is the duration, so the overall duration of sleep that my clients are achieving in a given night. So say so we want that to be a, a suitable duration. I also then second to that, like to look at the difference between total time asleep versus time spent in bed because that can give us an indication of how efficient your sleep is. So you might be someone who's spending a lot of time in bed, but they're actually, for a very, very small window of that, actually asleep. That's an issue with sleep efficiency. So that's the second area I would look at. And then the third would be how much REM and deep sleep you're accumulating over the span of the night. Your REM sleep, linked to memory, cognitive performance, think about that as the neck up, Your deep sleep, that is your body, so your physical body's really ability to recover. Think of that as neck down sleep. Deep sleep, you'll typically get that in the early portion of of the evening. Make sure you're getting to sleep before midnight to accumulate as much deep sleep as you can. And REM sleep happens much later in in the cycle. So sleep and stress, absolutely, before you do anything, before you start looking at calories, before you start making any adjustments, before you start upping your exercise, because remember, just in a bit of context here, Exercise is also a stressor on the body. So if you are chronically stressed, actually exacerbating that by layering physical stress on the body, exercise is a good stress, but it's a physical stress, actually layering more stress upon the, the situation isn't likely to help. It's only going to hinder. Um, Any of my fellow WHOOP users will be familiar with seeing this in the lovely graph that you get in WHOOP. With the relationship between your strain and recovery, it's one of my absolute favorites. Um, I really like the way that they set that up on the platform. But you you're contributing to your strain, right? Every time that you exercise, and what's your strain impacted by? Also your recovery. So that's what, how that works. Um, so make sure your sleep and stress are in place. I'm going to put them as jointly number kind of one or two at the at the top of this uh, pyramid here, and rate both of those individually as how you feel you you're performing or how recovered you feel each day the next one is nutrition so a couple of things happen throughout a fat loss phase that's, that's always quite interesting after a few weeks and it goes back to the idea of novelty and you may be someone who's been tracking their calories as i'm a big fan of calorie tracking as a tool to help with fat loss it is incredibly efficient data doesn't lie and, and people will go on about the accuracy of things like my fitness Pal, but it does give you a really good understanding of, of nutrient intake and when used correctly i think it's an absolutely it's, it's an amazing tool it really really is but what tends to happen and i've done this myself is that over time tracking accuracy tends to um tends to go down ever so slightly so it could be things like right at the start of the process you were weighing your food out and now you're eyeballing them for example Uh, what you'll find is that typically portions start to gradually 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 creep up and increase in in size if you've ever tried to weigh something like oats or peanut butter or you'll know that to eyeball a food group like that it looks very very different and it can be massively different in terms of intake so it just shows you how easy it it can be to have a negative impact on tracking accuracy. We'll start to do things as well like maybe only tracking parts of the day so we'll maybe only track the first few things in the morning and then we go oh do you know what yeah I'm just going to carry on from yesterday Ah, oh, yeah I roughly know what I'm having that's absolutely fine well if you really want to increase your accuracy roughly or approximately or estimating isn't going to be the best thing to um the best position to put yourself in as well as that there's also the extras that start to creep in so we get that initial success we've been super super disciplined for a couple of weeks and then after a while that glass of wine that you would have skipped it comes back in or you're out for dinner and yeah do you know what I actually I will have the dessert or we start adding in hot drinks again you know we switch from the uh the double espresso or the the black americano back to the what's in just now is it not pumpkin spice lattes and actually even I was tempted by I didn't have it, but there's some kind of maple situation. I was just very, very tempted by that at the weekend. Like it's, it's that cozy season. Right. And you know, we, we switch our coffees out for something with um, That's a little bit, I don't know, it just hits the spot. Maybe it's that little bit of sweetness that we want extra sauces, those little extras like, Oh, so-and-so has brought, you know, something in it's in the staff room, or I've joined a, co-working space recently, which is a, a little snack haven. Let me tell you, there's always things lying around in there. It's fantastic. But it's those little things that that creep in and, and those can mount up. If you've been tracking over the last little while, you know what the difference to, you know, changing your portion of oats you know, doubling that in the morning adding in a glass of wine in the evening oh actually yeah I will have the latte oh they made it with whole milk oh never mind okay I'll just drink it anyway oh Susan did you make that oh that looks absolutely delicious I'll have I'll have that yeah thanks that's a oh that cupcake is lovely those little things like it's so easy done so so easy done but the extra start to uh, creep in weekend patterns we can start to go back into that bisecting of the week where we've got one diet Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday and then we've got a totally different pattern of eating Saturday Sunday that can happen and then clients will say to me things like Caroline I wonder why progress is stalling and I'll say well you're actually only tracking four days out of the week so if you want to speed up your results by a third just over a third try tracking seven days not four and that's gonna that's gonna help um you could as well when we have started a dieting phase sometimes it can be quite tempting to cut back on our social events so we'll say things you know do you know what we're not going to go out for brunch I'm going to make it at home or no we'll not get the takeaway I'm going to make something instead sometimes that can start to dwindle over time and then with increased number of social occasions maybe we would have chosen our cuisine slightly more carefully at the early stages of of dieting and that starts to come in and topical for this month for sure sober October maybe in the first couple of weeks you put the alcohol to one side and after a little while you think yeah do you know what I will have the I will have the glass of wine or you switch from the non-alcoholic which those tend to be quite low in calorie to of to the alcoholic and that can obviously be the the issue so Um, There are a number of considerations when it comes to nutrition. If any of those sounded like you or an area that you could potentially improve in, or you've fallen down this trap over the last few weeks, good. Because that will give you a good idea of where you can start to change and switch things up. If it's really obvious to you, oh yeah, do you know what? I actually, I was doing that a couple of weeks ago and now I'm not. Um, Things like planning our meals. Making sure that you, on a Sunday, have a good idea of what you're going to be having. Maybe you are, you've are you missed meal prep on a Sunday night for the last few weeks, and that's having a bit of an impact on your choices for lunch during the first few days of the week. It's all little things, but it can really help just to tighten things up a little bit. Exercise. You potentially started a new program full of enthusiasm, lots of gusto, Uh, new training program, again, novelty, new movements, maybe new kit in the gym. That's always exciting. And it's really exciting over the first few weeks to start pushing those weights up. And this is something I encourage my clients to do very, very quickly. Your body won't change unless it's challenged. So we need to make sure that we are gradually nudging weights up over time. There becomes a point where that gets hard, right? I get it like you, there will become a point where you can't increase weights as incrementally or as steadily or as predictably or they're not as big a jumps right because it's it's just tougher it gets harder and harder and harder. So bearing that in mind that your training intensity, if you've been sitting at the same kind of weights or the same output for the last little while, or maybe when you started, things were fine at work, but actually the last two weeks there has been really hectic deadline or one of your kids is sick. So the sessions haven't been as frequent or perhaps you get great training intensity in the morning, but your sessions have had to move to the afternoon and the evening. All of these things can combine, right? But your intensity may have dropped. And why that's important is... We want to always ensure that we are training with suitable intensity to be as efficient with our workout times as we as we can be, right? You don't get a lot of, lot of time in the week to yourself, let alone time to exercise. So when you do train, we wanna make sure that we are challenging ourselves, our body um so make sure that you are still pushing up and um challenging that training intensity doesn't always have to be increase in weight you could increase the rep range if you're a client of mine we might have talked about time under tension that's another brilliant tool but if you haven't nothing's moved if no markers really moved and workouts just feel like they're getting easier step it up something needs to change there you may have also switched up a training style. So maybe for a while at the start of your program, you were getting off and kicking off every day with, you know, 10 minutes on the peloton or at the end of each session, you would do a quick 10 12 minute hit session on the on the elliptical the cross trainer maybe you were running a route that had a really challenging hill it could be anything but perhaps something has has switched your sessions have had to be a little bit shorter or you changed a training style and that's caused uh that, that's been a a change that's impacted your either duration or your volume of work done in a total session so that can that can impact for sure. And I think the way that I think about this in exercise, because it's so tangible and particularly if we have been talking about increasing uh, and nudging up weights is is the way that we tend to talk about it. So you might go in one week and pick up a five kilogram dumbbell. Well, the next week you might go in and pick up the six and the week after that, the seven, eight, the nine, right? Within five weeks, you've gone from a five kilogram dumbbell potentially to a 10 kilogram, you have doubled that weight. In the same way that positive nudges in one direction compound to give that huge return, double the weight lifted, the same can happen in the negative. So that's something to be really, really um, clear about. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. Oh, we've got a podcast coming up about immunity. Perfect timing. Um, But in the same way that we can compound to give positive returns, the same can happen in the negative. So as much as it doesn't seem like a lot thinking about those little nudges is, is a good way I think to get your head around it and that the little things do actually matter both positively and and in reverse too and the last one movement so again when you started your training program again topical for, for the time of year perhaps when you started it was summertime and the mornings were light, the evenings were light, the kids were off, so we were outside more. Maybe lots of people were away on holiday for work, so it was just generally a little bit quieter. And now we find ourselves in, by this point, the middle of October and, you know, it's getting darker earlier, it's a little bit colder. Maybe like me, you've unvacuum packed, the winter wardrobe is out. I am highly, highly excited and looking forward to turtle next season. It is nearly upon us, nearly there. Um, you know, it's it's coming into that time of year. And you might have noticed that because of the seasonal changes, maybe you're not moving so much. Maybe you did much longer walks before. And now you know just even a safety thing. Maybe it's not okay to to walk at night in the same way or maybe you don't go as far. Or could be could be anything. Maybe you have you don't need to walk the kids to school anymore. Or maybe you've changed your routines, so it's more days working from home and less in the office. So generally, find yourself sitting more, or your office days because it's been particularly busy. You have been um, you've been sitting down. We call that our inactivity time. So that's the time spent actually sitting throughout the day. I'm sure it's Aura that tracks your inactivity percentage or time. So. You know, you could be doing all the right things. You could be getting up, doing a gym session at 6.30 in the morning. You have a nutritious breakfast. You get yourself into work. But if you, after that 6 a.m. workout, spend eight hours solid sitting at your desk being inactive, you see why that wouldn't be conducive to fat loss long term. So that inactivity marker is really quite a subtle one that catches people out because it it can feel like you're doing all of the right things. Um but we're just simply not moving enough. If you are driving a little bit more, perhaps you have to do a little bit more travel is another one uh, that can be be an issue. Um, Did you used to go on longer dog walks? All of these things, just because you had a little bit more time. It's worth considering how much you're actually moving over the span of the day. Obviously, step count is an easy way to measure that. Again, if your Whoop user strain will tell you, where's your strain sitting at? Has it dropped a couple of points? over the last little while, but be really honest about how much you are moving and are there ways that you can actually change that? Can you take a couple of meetings at standing desk? Can you take in a couple of meetings on a call rather than sitting on Zoom so you could walk at the same time? I have wonderful clients who will take their calls with me either on the Peloton or on the treadmill. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You're getting some kind of movement while we're talking about health. What a wonderful use of your time. You know, it's it's all it's those little things again, but the activity and the amount that you are moving your body. Remember the biggest contributor to overall calorie burn that you have per day is not formal exercise. It's your neat. So your non- exercise, activity, thermogenesis. So if you're not moving enough, that is likely uh, going to uh, be uh, an issue. So just a quick recap. We've got your gatekeepers, sleep and stress, right at the start, let's call them a kind of joint number one. Then I would be looking at nutrition. There's generally a tightening up of nutrition, things that you were doing a couple of weeks ago that have just ever so slightly slipped. That's likely to be a, a contributor how much you are tracking is really likely to be a contributor. Your formal exercise, so has anything changed there? Has a variable moved? And crucially, your activity, so how much you actually moving your body throughout the day. If scale weight is plateauing, if it has not moved, have a look in these areas. If you are really, really not sure, please reach out to me. A little bit of a deep dive, a little bit of further investigation I would love to do for you it might be something different and there might be a point with you particularly if you've been dieting for a while where we will reach a plateau and that's where I will typically suggest someone stop dieting but I would want to be looking at a few areas on a few metrics before I would suggest you you take that step it's generally something small it's generally something that we can that we can tweak and actually it's likely been something that if we bring a degree of self-awareness to this topic we know the things we're not doing we may not want to admit them but we know if we're drinking more wine than we did a couple of weeks ago. We know if we're kind of, oh, I'll just get through this session. We know if we're staying up watching the other episode of, of the next thing on Netflix, rather than getting the sleep that we should. We know where our stress levels are. It's there. We sometimes just need to be really realistic about what that looks like for us. And remember, scale weight it's always about trends over time. Scale weight is a method of tracking. It's a useful method of tracking, but it's not the only one, particularly with females as well. Monthly fluctuations, water retention, menstruation, all of these things play a play a role. And yes, as much as I like scale weight, I do tend to look at it as a piece of the puzzle in the bigger picture. So yes, it can be a driver, but we should also be looking at things like How are you sleeping over the span of the night? Where are your energy levels? How much stronger are you getting? If you have the capacity to measure any form of body fat or muscle mass, that's really strength is a big one. If you are getting stronger, if you're getting fit, if your performance is improving and your weight is coming down, you're eating well, like it's all just, it's the it's the perfect combination so it's not just one thing that I am ever looking at otherwise I would ask my clients to send me a solitary number every single week and that would be how we analyze the the success of their week they'll know themselves that's not what we do some of my clients don't even send me skill weight it's just not part of the the overall uh, design of their program or it's not the the focus for the time being and we, and we use other methods but If you are looking to accelerate weight loss and you are using scale weight, use these markers, it should be helpful. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Health Hacks podcast. As ever, I am incredibly grateful for your time and attention. I love podcasts. I love podcast platforms. There are so many that I tune into every single week. And the fact that you choose to spend your time with us, I am eternally grateful. So thank you so much. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two ways that you can help support the show and I would be sincerely grateful. First one, you can either share uh, with uh, your social media platform or with someone in your inner circle so perhaps you've had a conversation with someone over a coffee and they've been discussing weight loss or maybe making some positive changes to their health and they're not sure where to start if you found value from the health hacks platform perhaps they will as well send us over to them and hopefully one of our topics there there's a There's lots to choose from. Hopefully one of our topics will really speak to that individual and it really does help us grow and reach more ears and help more people, which is our mission. The second thing, if you are interested in the work that we do or you feel as though you would like to explore in a greater depth the uh, the services that we offer, but also to start actioning some of the things that we talk about on the podcast, you can join us on the Lifestyle Project. There is currently a 30-day trial of the Lifestyle Project. It's linked in the show notes below and the 30-day trial of the Lifestyle Project is designed to help individuals kickstart their health and wellness journey. This is our newest program. It is one that I feel incredibly, incredibly passionate about. The tagline for the LEFSA project is building a life you love, one habit at a time. Because you know my mantra by this time I am not a fan of crash dieting. I am not here to pass the, the fad dieting baton on to anyone. I'm here to help you build sustainable practices that are going to set you up for life if that sounds like something that you would like to explore further come and find out more on the lifestyle Project. if you'd like to join us for 30 days all we ask is for an honest appraisal review of your time with us that's literally it i just want to know how you found the experience we want this to be the absolute best program that we have ever put together and in order to do that we need feedback so Go and have a look at the Lifestyle Project. There's a section on the website dedicated to the, the program, what it offers, a really good frequently asked questions section at the bottom. So if you're not sure, there are some um, frequently asked questions there, which hopefully one of your questions is, is listed. And we'd love to see you over on the Lifestyle Project. Okay. As ever, this podcast comes to you with support of Natural Cycles. Natural Cycles is a hormone-free method of tracking your menstrual cycle, whether your goal is uh, as a method of contraception, whether you have a fertility journey ahead of you, or you just want to get to know your body a little bit better. Natural Cycles is a completely hormone-free way to do so. And you know, I love the product. I use it every single morning. Um yeah it's absolutely incredible and if you would like 20 percent off natural cycles and a free thermometer there is a link in the show notes below and uh, let me know if you start using uh the subscription start using natural cycles and how it has changed your perception on your menstrual cycle and your body okay that's more than enough for me this week thank you so much we'll see you next week on the health hacks podcast